Uh, we're rolling. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 240, October 7th, 2019. It was as warm as 85 degrees on this day in 1997, 2003, 2011. And it was as low as 25 on this day in 1976. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Suchere. Are we all following the uh, Ukraine whistleblower stories? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's my problem. I said this last week. The government is a hydra-headed monster. Yes, it is. It can, this is incomprehensible. Now, here's the play story in today's Star Tribune. Two Ukraine whistleblowers emerge. Subhead, intelligent official, I'm sorry, intelligence official with firsthand knowledge of Trump's actions spoke to Inspector General. I, I won't read the whole story, mm-hmm. but I'll read it bef- before we get to the jump. All right? Okay. A lawyer for the whistleblower, uh, the, a lawyer for the whistleblower, let's stop right there. No matter what happens in the government, you have an attorney. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. All right. A lawyer for the whistleblower whose complaint set off an impeachment inquiry of President Trump said Sunday that the same legal team, so he's just not a lawyer, the, the first whistleblower has a team. Uh said Sunday that the same legal team is now representing a second whistleblower, an intelligence official with first-hand knowledge of the president's interactions with Ukraine. The new whistleblower made a protected disclosure under the law and cannot be retaliated against, Mark Zayed, one of the lawyers, said on Twitter. Okay, does anybody know what that means? It means whatever he said, they can't go after him. Didn't the first guy... Get that? He, I thought he had the whistleblower all, protection. All whistleblowers have protection, right? Okay, but that's leading up to the second paragraph okay. I've circled. Let okay. me read that one again. The new whistleblower made a protected disclosure under the law and cannot be retaliated against, Mark Zaid, one of the lawyers said on Twitter. Zaid confirmed a report by ABC News anchor George Stephanopoulos on his show this week, which said the new whistleblower had already been interviewed by the intelligence community's inspector general's office but had not yet communicated with any congressional committees. Another member of the legal team confirmed on Twitter that the firm is now representing multiple whistleblowers, but declined to comment further. It was not clear if the new whistleblower would file a formal complaint, Zaid said the second whistleblower's... Just a minute. Yeah. I maintain to you this is not not able to be understood. (laughs) It was not clear if the new whistleblower would file a formal complaint, Zaid, formal complaint period. Zaid said the second whistleblower's act of coming forward to the inspector general had already secured whistleblower protections. Okay. I follow. I think. I, 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 uh, <laughs> let's just take Trump out of this, because we'd be reading the same thing no matter who, who the president would right. be. Right. Yep. Uh, it's my contention that the political class, we've discussed this before, the political class over the years, over the decades, 
uh, has created for itself a life on a separate rail from the rest of us. Yes. What what do we determine? There's the academic rail. There's the uh, uh, government rail. Right. There's the uh, celebrity rail. Entertainment. Okay. And then there's us. There's the real. People out there, if you miss your property tax payment, you're not going to have multiple committees. You're not going to have lawyers. You're not going to have. Uh, you're not going to have anything. You're not going to have any obfuscation whatsoever. You're going to be notified that you missed your payment, right. and here's the fine. You better get your check. End of story. Boom. That's for all the rest of us. Yep. And, and again, take Trump out of this. I don't care who the president would be. You'd be reading the same thing if there was an impeachment of Obama yes. or, or back when Clinton. My point being, it's impossible for the average American, myself included. To understand this. Is that a fair statement, Jan? Do you understand I, it? Yeah, I, I think so. I think I do. Uh, which part do you not understand? I, no, no. I, I, know what Joe's, I know what Joe is saying. He's saying it's so overwhelming, and, and it's like an onion, layer upon layer yes, upon layer. I would layer. agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't Definitely. learn anything about this. We didn't, we've have got nothing new in this story. Except, well, well, there's except that guy. there's another, another guy. guy. Yeah. Okay, but w- what... Is the retaliation? Who is to retaliate? Is it the president? Is it the executive branch? Who's going to? Well, I was just looking at the law, actually. A retaliation against employees who disagree with policies would be the main thing they were worried about when they passed the law, apparently. Uh, okay. So if, if you work for the CIA, which the first guy apparently did, Trump can't go, boom, you're fired. Whoever's president can't say. So that's, the, that's the extent or his of boss, retaliation. his boss can't. Well, yeah, I suppose. I, I you know, okay. I, And maybe law. Well, it's short of concrete feet. Yeah, right, I mean, right. you get fired. Right. Well, go back to, okay, go, I'm going to go to the end of the story. Senator Roy Blunt, Republican Missouri, a key member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, said he was interested to learn more about the new whistleblower and offered no defense of Trump's actions towards Ukraine. Instead, he said he first wanted to see the results of the Senate's bipartisan investigation of the matter before making a judgment. You have to assume if it is essentially a partisan vote in the House, that this sets up stage for uh, for likely the same kind of vote in the Senate. I, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm, I'm trying to rest my case. There is so much gobbledygook here. Uh-huh. And, and there are so many different layers of government that I, I don't know what to think. You can be of the, of the best intentions in the world trying to understand this. And what you realize, it's Alice in Wonderland. The gov- Let's just forget Washington. Okay. It happens here. We see it here. You know, a fired school executive can't be sure. asked any questions. The walls that the political class have built around themselves have served to distinguish them from the rest of America. That's the point I'm trying to make. I think that's a fair. That's the yeah, point I'm trying to make. That's a fair roundup, I think. I'm neither defending Trump nor or, or uh, uh, indicting. indicting him. I, I, again, this would be true of no matter who the president is. The government itself has, has so many rooms and doors <laughs> and, and drawers and closets and cabinets that it's, it's very... It's very hard. Here's here's another way to say okay. it. It's, it's very hard for those of us working and paying the bills and not living in on the rail of the political class. It's very hard for us to achieve any clarity about this. It's hard for us to achieve any clarity about what the government's up to or what it's doing. And I maintain that, however intentionally or not, that's exactly what's happened over the last 
100 years. I agree, yeah. Well, I think in general, just government. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Not just this situation. Not but this situation. In general, you got a whole batch of things to, for us to wade through. That, But the more ominous the particular act is, in this case, a potential impeachment, mm-hmm. the more ominous it is, the more you are confronted by the different layers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the committees and the intelligence communities and the... You know the the alphabet uh, the alphabetized uh, list of intelligence agencies and lawyers and well it's all of a piece that the the political class in this free country has created a situation where they're not playing the same game as the rest of us. Mm-hmm. But think about this. Ukraine is in the newspaper. Ukraine is on CNN. Ukraine is on this week with George. What? The president talked to – we don't really – they keep layering it on, and he talked to someone, and he said, get some, some dirt. Isn't that the extent of it? Shouldn't that be done no, now? That's or? not the extent well, we of it. The extent of it is yeah. that he withheld military aid, perhaps. The $400 million. Yeah. He insists that he didn't. He and insists no quid pro quo. He insists no quid pro quo. Uh, quid pro but, we, quo. but we know that – I mean, that's already been out there already, yeah. and they keep saying there's new developments. Okay, okay let's – now we're trying to be George Stephanopoulos, who doesn't know what he's talking about any more than right. I do. Uh, and these New York Times report, uh, the Star Tribune picked up uh, a New York Times piece today. Annie, Annie Carney and Nicholas Randos, and uh, I'm sorry, Nicholas Fandos. And five will get you ten. They have no idea what they wrote. My point is, let's. I don't want to talk about impeachment because I don't know a damn thing about it. I want, I want you to read. A, I want to read an email though. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, Joe, you have spoken briefly about the events going on now that may lead to possible impeachment proceedings against President Trump. I am sure in the future that this subject will come up again. Here are a few things to remember about impeachment that will make the entire process easier to understand and see for what it is. Number one, impeachment of a sitting president is not a criminal matter, but a political exercise. Number two, impeachment and removal from office are two separate things. Two presidents have been impeached. None have been removed from office. That would be, uh, what, Nixon? No, Nixon didn't. That would be uh, Andrew Johnson and Clinton. Clinton and Andrew Johnson. Yep. Uh, This may be the most important point. The career consequences of even beginning hearings for a possible impeachment, as well as all the impeachment process and voting along the way, is that very best, unpredictable, although politicians will try to think this through very carefully and weigh all their options and potential risks, it is impossible to know what this will mean for each politician in their careers in the future. Certainly all current politicians will be stained by this process, and some will be elevated, and some will be destroyed for reasons that often defy logic. These are a few of the reasons the impeachment process is rare in American politics, pushing back out west Chuck Lee and Highland, Utah. All right. I think we have two things at work here. I think we do too, Johnny. You help me. We have uh, uh, a party whose feelings were hurt because they lost the presidency. Donald Trump won the presidency. The Democrats are annoyed by it and want to get rid of him any way they can. And then we have a president who basically plays into their hands by doing doing things that, if they aren't illegal, Mm -hmm. are very close to illegal and and are offensive. Raising eyebrows. That could get you impeached. I think there's so there's those two things meet and you got a head on collision. That's just leading to a complete, you know. And you got the Republicans going, 
We won? Okay, and then, okay, it leading to a head-on collision about which we will, uh, we will strive mightily to achieve clarity mm-hmm. and will struggle to do so. Exactly. Because, uh, getting back to my, my larger overarching point, mm-hmm. which is we have let the government get away from us. The, the, the government is a, a terribly insulated. They live by their own rules, and they are a, a, a rail of life independent from the lives we lead. I'm, I'm reasonably confident that that's an accurate statement. Mm-hmm. They are not leading lives of normal Americans. Okay. Yes. They have too yes. many protections, too many, too many uh, redundancies, too many fail-safes, too many ways to, to obscure, too many ways to get themselves off the hook, too many ways to throw other people under the bus, too many ways to hide, too many ways to obfuscate. It's just endless. And again, you don't have to be in Washington. We see it here. I see it here. Mm-hmm. It, it particularly has come up with, well, anytime uh, it, some employee matter comes up in D- the world of data the, privacy, the regional or local government, yep. it's, it's, you, you know, we, the public never gets clarity. Yep. Well, they move on to the next thing because the attention span is so short. To uh, kind of reiterate your point. I don't believe, and perhaps this is, again, just my cynicism, uh, the Congress, the people in Congress, I don't think there's one person that gives a rat's ass about us or what's going on. They care about, A, keeping their jobs, which I think is the most important thing to them, make sure they get reelected. And, you know, the only way they think they can do that is to either latch on to, uh, if they're a Democrat, the impeachment proceedings, or if they're a Republican right now, latch on to the Donald Trump train and see if you can ride that as far as you can. Maybe... Maybe the reason, maybe I've stumbled onto something. Maybe the reason so many of them are lifers and so many of them are are desperate to never lose their job is that they truly understand the privilege they are enjoying by living in this rail that's separate from the rest of us. (laughs) Yeah. I think you just hit it. And once you get in the door... How am I supposed to get clarity? Let's bring it down to a local level. Mayor Carter in St. Paul has a 16-member cabinet. I have yet to see their names involved with anything that could be construed as accomplishment. They all have titles that would be hard to uh, to pin down, to, to measure effectiveness, to measure if they're actually accomplishing anything. It, it that's in St. Paul. Can you imagine what it's like in Washington D.C.? Oh, multiplied by ten thousand squared, yeah, a million times. <laughs> okay, I guess that's that was my sermon for today. Is that I'm more than willing to pick up the paper every morning and really give it a good try. Uh huh. But I I am not offered clarity by the United States government. The same government that would be very quick to punish you and me for, uh, you know, a, a parking ticket that didn't get right. paid. Right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's a, is that irony? What is that? It's uh, not irony. I don't know what it is. It's just messed up. Messed up. Okay, I'll take <laughs> messed up. I'll take messed up. <laughs> messed up. Uh, say, new Holcomb cartoon. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's Rook's uh, first colonoscopy. Oh. And it's, uh, don't worry, it's not graphic <laughs> in that no, sense. No, I'm not in that sense, it But it's, uh, it's uh, typically uh, crazy because it's Holcomb who's brilliant. 
It's called Rook Finally Gets a Colonoscopy. The results are as expected. And what you find in there might surprise you. So that, Are you posting that to the website? Uh, or does Reavers do that? Reavers does that. And that will we don't know where Reavers is, do we? Yeah, somewhere. He's somewhere. Yeah, he's thinking, Acting like he's in the government. He's around. <laughs> yeah, right. He's on a separate rail. He's taking a little PH today. Uh, uh, from uh, frequent, uh, not frequent, the chief offsite correspondent, Kelsey, uh, a police chase uh, had to end in California. Yep. Because the coppers were in a Tesla that ran out of juice. No. <laughs> no. Yep. Oh. Yep. Oh. Oh. Yeah. She didn't get plugged in the night before. And Larry, you were supposed to plug it in last night oh. when Jim got off his shift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy they were chasing must have thought, "What the hell happened? Yeah, they they stopped following. Where'd they go? They stopped following. <laughs> Pretty nice uh, cop rig, though, huh? <laughs> There's a uh, wonderful piece in the Star Tribune today. Just a, I'm not going to read it to you. It's too long. I want you to all read it for yourself. Okay. It's called Silver Bullet, anyone? Well, here it is. It's socialism as championed yeah. by prominent progressives. Judging by how it worked for China, we'd better hope we dodge it. And this is by Burton Abrams uh, of Bovie, Minnesota a professor emeritus of economics at the University of Delaware and a research fellow at the Independent Institute. And he has written a brilliant piece. He taught in China. Did you read this piece? I did, yes. Wasn't it great? He Mm -hmm. taught in China in 1985, and he just goes right through the list of what will happen if these knuckleheads like AOC gets her way, or Bernie, that fraud Bernie. Uh, and he says how there's no electricity, there was no heat, there was no warm water, everybody got the same size apartment, and on and on and on and on. And I urge people to read it. It's a, it, it because better to get it from a professor emeritus of economics than me. <laughs> Isn't it funny, though, that the, the, the likes of AOC and Bernie that are calling for socialism or communism or whatever and want everything to be the same, yet they would be the first people to complain that they only got this. Craig Johnson has a great point. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. Joe, yesterday as a joke, you asked the question, what did Bernie Sanders say when he got to the hospital with chest pains? Break him up. <laughs> the real question, however, is what did he say when he awoke after surgery? Did he thank Cuba and its wonderful egalitarian <laughs> healthcare system for developing the stent and saving his life? Or maybe he thanked Venezuela and its world-class emergency medical interventionists for quickly diagnosing the problem and providing the proper cure. And possibly he mentioned North Korea and its efforts to develop and market life-saving stent technology and treatment. But the buffoon didn't thank any of those countries in their Neanderthal medical systems because they had their anti-free market economies that he worships, didn't develop the stent, and never ever would. Neither did they develop emergency medical intervention, and never ever would. The life-saving stent was developed and marketed in the capitalist free market economies of the West, just as all other life-saving and extending medical advances. Bernie should have directed his gratitude to the free market Western economies, but he never, ever would, despite the inconvenient truth that he is alive today to go on berating capitalism because that very capitalism and its evil profit incentive saved his life. That is the very definition of irony, Craig Johnson. Very nice. Very nice. Completely on the money. Completely on the money. <laughs> uh, the guy that got his wife the uh, Bintelli e-bike and he hasn't seen her since. Yeah. Still, still hasn't seen her. Still hasn't seen her. Oh, my God. She really likes it. Uh, and right now at EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, right on Highway 61 there in downtown Forest Lake, 
uh, a great year-end sale on all electric bikes, including the wild side, old-school, motorcycle-looking electric bikes. They're marked down to $19.99 while the supply lasts. They were $27.99 to $29.99. Yamaha e-bikes are all four to 500 bucks off MSRP, and the Bentelli e-bikes are on sale starting at $799. And they just got the Realtree Camel Fat Tire Bikes for hunters just in time wow. for this fall. This is a fabulous store. Tim does a great job. If you need service on your scooter or motorcycle, uh, he runs a truck through town every day and picks it up, takes it back to uh, Forest Lake, services it, and then returns it to you. Great scooters, motorcycles, youth ATVs and snowmobiles, full-service department, helmets and apparel, eco-fun motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. The Sushi Boys should give them an option, too. They should follow them on Instagram at eco-fun motorsports. Yeah. GLR Mark just came in to get a a pair of Bintelli e-bikes for his wife and himself to ride. He chose the M1 Fat Tire e-bike, and she chose the B1 Cruiser Electric. Uh, they're going to be riding around with it, listening to the Garage Live podcast. I, as you know, I, my e-bike has been taken from me. Hijacked. It's been hijacked. Bike-jacked. It's been hijacked. <laughs> and I, I'm so I'm thinking about another one, and I think I'm going to go Fat Tire this time. Woo! I think it'll provide a, a, a more stable ride for it's me. It's a cool look. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. it. EcoFunMotorsports.com. I'm having trouble. I'm gonna get it though. Come on, lover. Who's this? GB. GB. He's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. We don't know how she got here, but guess who's in our neck of the woods? Who? Greta. Oh, uh, teen uh, climate activist Greta Thunberg. Visiting is, distant relatives? She's visiting two Indian reservations this week to discuss uh, to discuss climate change and oil pipelines with other youth. On Sunday, the 16-year-old participated in a climate change panel on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota with Tokata Iron Eyes, daughter of former U.S. House of Representatives candidate Chase Iron Eyes. The two teen activists met last month at George Washington University during an event hosted by Amnesty International. The two will address high-priority topics for the climate struggle in Indian country, including plans to double the oil flowing through the Dakota Access Pipeline and the proposed path of the Keystone XL Pipeline adjacent to tribal nations, the Lakota People's Law Project said in a statement. Standing Rock is the site of the months-long standoff over the Dakota Access Pipeline in 2016 and 17, and Pine Ridge is near where the Keystone XL Pipeline extension, also under contention, would run. Thunberg is scheduled to visit Standing Rock on Tuesday, that'd be tomorrow, speaking at the Standing Rock High School Gym in Fort Yates, North Dakota. This is according to the Bismarck Tribune. Uh, where's Fort Yates, Jan? Uh, it's uh, south of the Bismarck-Mandan area, mm-hmm. about a 45-minute drive. Thunberg has been in the U.S. since late August, uh, and she, of course, we know that uh, she uh, spoke at the uh, United Nations. Uh, may I add that uh, I would submit to you, again, this, this gets back to how complicated the government is, uh, I would submit to you there hasn't been a, a project of this kind that's been more vetted, permitted, explored, examined, debated, 
than the uh, Keystone Pipeline. Right. Uh, it, you know, the, and, and you have these young people who make it sound like, you know, evil, rich, white Republicans are going to lay a pipe across North Dakota and Minnesota so they can make more money. Right. That's not what's happening here. Uh, if you want to continue to have affordable energy, you need to upgrade pipeline systems. And uh, I'd rather have it in a pipe than on a train. This is infrastructure. So, so what, what, what's being ignored, of course, by the young activists is the idea that every T has been crossed, every I has been dotted on this thing repeatedly and endlessly, and uh, that's not going to uh, uh, stop uh, Ms. Thunberg. And that's all I will say about her, because uh, she's just a kid. She's just a kid. I did see the lead singer from ABBA thinks she's a superhero. Really? Yeah. He, he was quoted as saying he's, she's a superhero. Well, those Swedes stick together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's never going to – is she ever going to go to school? Yeah, it, Let's, we, I, I don't want to talk about her. Uh, but I am curious as hell. How did she get here? Uh, I, I bet I, she probably didn't fly. Took she, a bike. Then tell e bike. Tell e bike. Yeah. Oh, you got to plug those in though. That requires energy. Yeah. Somewhere Maybe. there's a power plant supplying your electricity. Maybe a Tesla that didn't run out of juice. Maybe she. Uh, I don't know how she got here, uh, but I find it very germane to her appearances. She is the one who's made that uh, germane to her appearances with this grandstanding yacht voyage over here. Okay, I think you've made that uh, a real interesting aspect of your activism. Uh, how are you getting around? This is totally hypocritical. I mean, she obviously was got here on something that moved. Something that was uh, some type of internal combustion engine. I would think so. Oh, they're probably paying carbon credits for you know. maybe a planetary cashing them in. <laughs> yeah, they're cashing Cash them in. Like a Catholic that's got a. Bad history. Huh? Plenary indulgence. <laughs> Let me pay you now, and then uh, I got this. You can look the other way, huh? <laughs> I really am curious how she's getting around. I think that's fascinating. Shouldn't because that, she's made that a point of contention. But shouldn't that be part of the story? I think so. Who wrote that? They made they made it a big deal when she came over on the uh, the uh, the sailing yacht. Climate dispatch, written by Teresa Brain, uh, posted Less. today. Uh, do you have the Google handy, or you, is that not no, what you can I, do there? No, I, I got can too. Okay, well, just type in, how did Greta Thunberg I, get to North I, Dakota? I'm way out of you. Oh. Uh, I can't find how okay. she got there. I did that as soon as you started talking about but it. See, no word about That's it. an example of reporting not being what it used to be. You, you, The, the news-gathering institutions, generally speaking, are more than happy to give this uh, child all the attention she wants, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but they're not thoroughly reporting on it. Because I want to know how she's getting around, and I think that's important. The Times story about the visit to North Dakota to the reservation said uh, she traveled to the U.S. in August on a sailboat, which we already know, to promote the climate change campaign. And that is literally the last line of the story. So Mm -hmm. we have no idea. Who could we call? Who could we call in? I'm serious. Who could we reach out to in North Dakota, John, that might know? How she got there. Mm. Uh, or she it, would have private handlers, so maybe that's not assume, being... You know. And they're going to be unlikely to want to talk to the Garage Logic podcast. Why do you want to know? Just because. Uh, because she's made it. No, I mean, that's what they would ask us. Why right, do you want to know? but she's made it interesting to know that. Uh, as long as she's going to be the face of the, uh, the young activists, uh, 
It's just terribly uh, interesting to know. I'm starting to read now about all these phony uh, rock and roll stars. Who's the Radiohead guy? Uh, Thom somebody. Uh, York. Thom York. Is it Thom or Tom? Tom Tom. Tom York uh, apologizing for all the flying he has to do. He's still going to do it. He's still going to fly. Right, right. Same same with all of them. I told you I read Graham Nash's autobiography where, you know, he does a big spiel about the climate changing, et cetera, et cetera, but says he realizes that, so he buys carbon credits every time he flies. Well, Well, so that makes you sin-free then? He's ridiculous. Yeah. He's ridiculous. I agree completely. Because he's got to fly between his homes in L.A. and Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Same with Neil Young. It's just such BS. It's just utter BS. And I wouldn't care if Greta was flown to North Dakota on a private jet. Right. But you don't get to, then you're done. You don't get to lecture me. But to her credit, to her credit, she appears to be holding firm to, the, to leaving as little footprint as possible. So she, I, I'm willing to believe she did not fly to North Dakota. Really? I'm not willing to believe that. I I don't know that I am either. Really? See, wouldn't that be interesting to know? I think that's a key part of the story, yes. Because they made such a big deal about her coming over that way, every move she makes should be scrutinized and reported. I couldn't agree more. As long as you are this uh, character that the news-gathering institutions have decided is so fascinating, then we uh, as news consumers deserve to know... uh, Every step of the way, how you're getting from place to place. Right. And I, I guess I guess the reporters aren't interested in that. And they should be. But that would That's be the, part of her message. Because that would be a cool part of their story to say, and by the way, she rode an elephant that uh, yeah. did not have any methane that gas. That didn't and, even fart. Right, right. She rode a fart-free <laughs> elephant. Yes, that would From be New that. York to North Dakota. <laughs> yep. Took her a while. She got there. Took a while. Had to switch out a couple. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we're going to come back with Johnny Heights Newscast. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. How about if before we get to news, I tell you all about Mancetti's up in Anoka. Mancetti's, uh, it's my favorite restaurant in the area I live in. It's right on the border of Anoka and Andover at 3603 Round Lake Boulevard. You just hit the Highway 10. You go north about a mile on Round Lake, and you are right there. They've been in business 34 years. Mancetti's owned and operated, family owned and operated by Greg and Rochelle Tigan. I've already told you about the spaghetti and meatballs, which is fabulous. I've told you about their specialty pizzas. they got the Papa Mancetti's, which has great ingredients. they got the bacon cheeseburger pizza with pickles on top. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is sauce that, that there's been much attention paid to. I yes. can verify that. All the sauces are homemade. The meatballs are homemade. Uh, Monday nights, uh, if you happen to, we're recording this on a Monday, so if you happen to listen Monday, Monday night, $6 spaghetti night if you dine in there. Yeah. Uh, you can dine in, take out, delivery. Uh, they're quick with the delivery. Uh, always there. You can order online. That's the way I do it, www.mancetti's. Dot com. Uh, don't forget, mon- uh, Monday through Friday, they have the lunch buffet also. Uh, they're happy to help you with their catering, too. Uh, don't forget, best part of it all, the meat sauce, homemade. You can't beat it. The meatballs, homemade also. The staff is friendly. Lots of room to sit. Uh, it's it's great. You could eat there tonight and still be home in time for the ball game because the Easily. Twins have a 740 start tonight. Yeah. Easily. You get the uh, spaghetti, which is inexpensive tonight. Boom. 
There you go. It's a boom, John? You're all set to go. Boom. Uh, Mancetti's Pizza. You can get it uh, at uh, Round Lake Boulevard, 3603 in Anoka and Andover. During that last break, I I called the Bismarck Tribune, and I was able to leave my name and number uh, for the energy reporter of the Bismarck Tribune, who will be covering uh, Greta Thunberg tomorrow at Standing Rock. And I said, I, I'm terribly interested to know how she got to North Dakota. And uh, whoever was I was received? talking to uh, seemed to find that also an interesting question, so long as she has made her travel so important to her mm-hmm. message. So I'm not going to hold my breath that I'll ever get a call back, but yeah. I put the call in. Never know. So there you go. Uh, some of my finest childhood memories are in the Bismarck Tribune building mm-hmm. because my brother started as a reporter at the Bismarck Tribune he would take me with him on occasion when I was 10 years old. And, you know, you've seen these, I'm sure, the, the large volumes of the old papers. Sure. He would sit me down with one of those. Yeah. I would leaf through 30, 40-year-old newspapers and read them. And that's when the Bismarck Tribune was well-staffed. Yes. Like uh, every other American newspaper, it's running on a, a short shift. He's a, he's a pretty quick read now when I yeah. go back to Bismarck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. they do. Uh, let's start with sports items of the day. Of course, it's do or die for the Minnesota Twins Monday night. They play the Yankees at Target Field. Yeah, it was do or die Saturday. Yeah, it, it was. They've was, been beaten by six runs in each of the first two games. Just trying to be positive, let's, Joe. Let's, let's get a win tonight, though. Let's, let's yeah, get a not? win. Let's, uh, some of those people pouring beers over at Target Field. I get just some couldn't believe what I was. Saturday was worse to me than Friday. Yeah. The, the, the at-bats were not competitive at-bats. Yeah. Saturday uh, was more gut Punching. Oh, it's dreadful. Yeah. Just dreadful. The Yankees got a pretty good pitching staff, though. Those relievers they throw at you. The yeah. Grand Slam, was that showboating or no? I I don't think you showboat in the playoffs. I think it's just no. you're happy. You hit a grand he was just slam. off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Who hit it? Didi? Didi no. Gregorius. Yeah. Yeah. 7.40 start uh, on Monday night. Jake Odorizzi for the Twins. Jeez, I hope he's rested. He hadn't pitched since September 24th. <laughs> he should be very familiar with the Yankees, though. He was in that division for a long time with Tampa Bay. Uh, Luis uh, Severino for the uh, Yankees. Yankees lead the series two games to none, as you probably know, after beating the Twins badly in two games at mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium. In news, Rook, the ma- I'm sorry, John. Yeah. Rook, Google, how many baseball teams have come back to win a playoff series when down, when having lost the first two games? I'll find that stat for you. I did see on Twitter, since 1991, when Dan Gladden, Touched home plate to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. The Twins in post game six and twenty three. Mm-hmm. Ouch! The man who was found in a rolled over vehicle with a gunshot wound to his head on Sunday in St. Paul's West Side has died. St. Paul police confirming that news Monday morning. Officers called to four seventy five Wabasha Street South at about five fifteen Sunday on reports of a shot fired. Police found the man and a four year old boy with gunshot wounds inside a twenty nineteen Jeep Cherokee that had rolled over. The boy had non-life-threatening injuries, but police had considered the man's condition as grave Sunday night. St. Paul police said there have now been 124 shooting victims this year in the city. The man's death is the 23rd homicide. His identity has not yet been released. He's been announced only as a 23-year-old man. The 4-year-old was his son. The incident remains under investigation. No arrests have been made as of Monday morning. If you have any information about this, you are asked to call the St. Paul Police Department. I have your answer, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are 10 teams that have rallied to win three straight after being down 0-2 right. in a five-game mm-hmm. series. All right. Thank so you. So you're telling me, telling me there's a chance. It starts with one. That's right. Right. 
<laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. Yeah. Representative Ilhan Omar has filed for divorce from the father of her three kids amid allegations she had an affair with Tim Minette, a Washington, D.C.-based political consultant. This all according to court records. The freshman Democrat citing an irretrievable breakdown of her marriage with Ahmed Hirsi in her filing Friday in Hennepin County District Court. Aside from a period of separation in which Omar married another man, Ahmed Noor Syed Elmi, Omar has been with Hirsi for years and he's the father of her three children. <laughs> 38-year-old Omar and Hirsi were married in a religious ceremony in 2002, separated in 2008, then legally remarried in 2018. An attorney for the congresswoman issued the following statement Monday morning. I, I, I rest my case. I rest. What was I talking about to start the show? Mm-hmm. You, you need an attorney to, to, to give this statement. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The statement, Ilan has filed for divorce from her husband, Ahmed. As with all marriages, this is intensely personal and a difficult time for the family. For years, Ilhan and Ahmad have been the subject of speculation and innuendo from political opponents and the media. This has taken a significant toll on Ilhan, Ahmed, and their three children. Just like any other family navigating this kind of transition, Ilhan wishes to have their privacy respected for themselves and their children and will not be commenting any further. Free pass? Free pass for what? Or just saying, well, uh, I, don't I don't care about her marriage. That's the least of my problems with her. Okay. <laughs> House Democrats leading an impeachment inquiry of President Trump's dealings with Ukraine may have fresh information to work with after a new whistleblower uh, stepped forward with what the person's lawyer said were first-hand knowledge of key events. A lot of lawyer talk here. Isn't there? Lawyer is, John. With Congress out for another week and many Republicans reluctant to speak out, a text from attorney Mark Zaid that a second individual had emerged and could corroborate the original whistleblower's complaint gripped Washington and potentially heightened the stakes for the president. Zaid represents both whistleblowers. He told the Associated Press the new whistleblower works in the intelligence field and has spoken to the intelligence community's internal watchdog. <laughs> yep. Does that Does that mean then... So there's different watchdogs for different parts of the government? I, I, I guess. Different it, levels? It is impossible for the average American to seek or achieve clarity. Watchdog 1, Watchdog 1, take care, Watchdog 3, Watchdog 3. The original whistleblower, a CIA officer, filed a formal complaint with the Inspector General in August that triggered the impeachment inquiry. The document alleging Trump had used a July phone call from Ukraine President... I'm going to get in trouble again. Vladimir... Zelensky. I think he did it right. I hope so. Vladimir Zelensky, you stay like without smile. To investigate a political rival, Joe Biden and son Hunter, prompting a White House cover-up. The push came even though there was no evidence of wrongdoing by Biden or his son, who had served on the board of a Ukrainian gas company. Observers say a second whistleblower with direct knowledge could undermine efforts by Trump and his allies to discredit the original complaint. They have called it politically motivated, claiming it was filed improperly and dismissed it as an unreliable item because it was based on second-hand or third-hand information. Meanwhile, a federal judge rejected President Trump's challenge to the release of eight years of his tax returns for a New York state criminal probe, saying on Monday that he could not grant such a categorical and limitless assertion of presidential immunity. Trump's lawyers notified the judge they will immediately appeal that ruling. And this will go down a rabbit hole of oh, uh, yeah. lawyers and different bureaus, and, and we will never achieve clarity. Mm-hmm. One of the two men accused of opening fire inside a Kansas bar early Sunday, killing four people and wounding five others, has been arrested. The other remains at large. 23-year-old Javier Alatore and Hugo Villanueva Morales were each charged with four counts of first-degree murder by police in Kansas City, Kansas. 
Uh, Alan Torre was arrested late Sunday afternoon in Kansas City. Police still looking for Villanova Morales. He should be considered, they say, armed and dangerous. The two men apparently had a disagreement with people inside Tequila KC Bar, left, and then came back with handguns and started shooting. About 40 people were inside the bar when the gunfire erupted around 1.30 in the morning. Gunfire sent people running for the exits with the injured leaving trails of blood as they fled. One of the injured was trying to get a ride to the hospital when ambulances got there. All four men who killed were Hispanic, and police say authorities do not believe the shooting was racially motivated. Mm-hmm. White House said Sunday U.S. forces in northeast Syria will move aside, clear the way for an expected Turkish assault. Abandoning Kurdish fighters who have fought alongside American fighters in the year-long battle to defeat Islamic State militants. Syria's Kurds are accusing the U.S. of turning its back on its allies and risking gains made in the fight against ISIS. The decision sent shockwaves through the region and Washington. U.S. officials told Fox News that Pentagon officials were, quote, completely blindsided and shocked by the order. What's the Paul Newman movie I'm thinking of that... uh it, the verdict. No. It came the closest to uh, dealing with what I'm talking about, the incomprehensibility of the government and what you're up against if you're if you're involved with them. There was a great scene in it where uh, uh, some uh, a woman races outside to pick up every newspaper on the block. Absence of malice. Absence of malice. In a farm deep in the southern region of China lives a very big pig. That's as heavy as a polar bear. Really? (laughs) I heard about that. Really? The 1,100-pound animal is part of a herd that's being bred to become giant swine. At slaughter, some of the pigs can sell for as much as $1,400. That's over three times higher than the average monthly disposable income in Nanning, the capital of Guangxi province, where Pang Kong, the farm's owner, lives. While Pang's pigs may be extreme examples of the lengths farmers are going to fill China's swelling pork shortage... The idea that bigger is better has been spreading across that country, home to the world's most voracious consumers of pork. High pork prices in the northeastern province of Jilin is prompting farmers to raise pigs to reach an average weight of 400 pounds, higher than the normal 250 pounds. The trend isn't limited to small farms either. Major protein producers in China, including Wen's Foodstuffs Group Company, the group's top pig breeder, and Beijing Dabyonga. Technology say they're trying to increase the average weight of their pigs. Big farms are focusing on boosting the heft at least by 14%. Wait till Spencer gets wind of this. Wait till DeGrand gets wind of this. They'll be making their own pork fried <laughs> rice from these uh, pigs. Listen from- to this one. Good afternoon, Mayor. I see my friend here has shared a little about our quick John up to Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats this morning. But what he has neglected to include, this is a, he's referring to a different email I got from a guy who said he made his first trip to uh, Grunhofer's in uh, Hugo, right on Highway 61 on the north side of Hugo. But what he neglected to include in the, is the minor detail about a faux pas that nearly got us removed from the premises. Oh. Standing in front of the freezers that constitute Bratwurst Row, Troy uttered a <laughs> phrase in the hearing of all that was so egregious, so perfectly embarrassing, I feel compelled to share it if for no other purpose than to clear my conscience. He said, my family and I usually eat Johnsonville brats. What? An overhearing voice behind the counter scolded, we don't use that name here. I looked at Troy and warned him, you cannot say the J word in Grunhofer's. We came close to making him wait outside in the rain while I made my purchases with the proper respect for the establishment we had journeyed across the metro to visit. In the 
again, we all had a good laugh, and I am eager to try the brats <laughs> as the buffalo blue cheese chicken sticks and bacon cheeseburger beef sticks didn't make it out of the parking lot. <laughs> I appreciate you reading to the end of the story. I just felt it my duty as a GLer to set the record straight and give you the facts. And as a warning to all who would be vi- visitors to the meat bazaar, don't say the J word. Well, you never will be tempted to after you taste Grunhoffers no, in the first no. place. 130 different flavors of pork brats, and they're grilled. You don't boil these. Pit smoke brat is new. Uh, the bacon fireball brat yeah. is new. And there's always the rookie burgers and the ribeye burgers, the steaks, the chops, the pastrami, the smoked salmon, bacon, ham. They will cut to order your Chinese bacon. It's the meat <laughs> capital of the world. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo. Right on Highway 61, it's become a GL gathering spot, and you sign that sheet at the register, and that way Spencer knows that uh, the GLers are really, really uh, honoring his establishment. Hell yeah. I actually wrote a, a song about giant pigs. You did? Yeah. Uh, if you guys don't mind. Why, no, did, why, did Pink, why did Pink Floyd at one time fly giant pig balloons uh, over their concerts? I don't know. I don't know what the deal something was. Something to do there. with the animals. They, they had one on an album cover, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what, what the deal was there. Okay, ready? Yep. This is the giant pigs. Giant pigs are a culinary treat. Giant pigs really have lots of meat. Giant pigs, <laughs> lots of meat to cook. A giant pigs for recipes after Rook. A giant pigs shop where they like. A giant pigs, oh, that should be sleep. Giant pigs sleep where they like. I can't read my own writing. Giant pigs can't ride an eco-fun bike. Giant pigs are a unique breed. Giant pigs are here to add your next feed. One giant more bird. Pigs. Got one more. One more. Yeah, you want to help? You guys want to help with this one? Ready? A giant pigs are still based in China. Giant pigs. This sounds pretty good. Giant, giant pigs. pigs. <laughs> Puts money in farmers' coffers. Giant pigs. Giant pigs. The meat's still better. This is why they never let me sing. Right. I would always be right. off a bar. Uh, you, I was just going to do your, your part of your ad there. Giant, giant pigs puts money in farmers' coffers. Uh-huh. Giant pigs, yep. the meat's still better at Grunhoffers. That a boy, Johnny. Not just a newsman. He's not just a newsman. Inflatable flying pigs were one of the staple props of Pink Floyd's live shows. The first was a sow, but very obviously a male pig appeared in the 1980s. Pigs appeared numerous times in concerts by the band, promoting concerts and record releases, and are on the cover of their 77 album, Animals. Another dog shoots human story. We have these once in a while. Sure. Oklahoma woman underwent surgery after her dog shot her in the thigh in a pickup (laughs) truck stopped at a railroad crossing. 22-year-old caliber gun went off in Enid, Oklahoma, when Molly... A yellow Labrador retriever puppy jumped into a backseat council, spooked by a passing train, according to news reports. Uh, the driver of the pickup and the dog's owner, Brent Parks, <laughs> called 911 to report the shooting. Woof. Passenger Tina Springer, 44, is expected to recover. The 911 operators heard saying, the dog shot her? Woof. According to a recording of the call. And Parks responds, yeah, he stepped on it. It went off. Later in the recording, Springer is heard crying in pain as Parks tells her, come off of it, you're tougher than that. Reports describe Springer as Parks' caretaker. Local TV station quoted police as saying the gun's serial number had been scratched off. There could be charges mm. from all this. Mm. Do you still have your um, pig, your giant pig music available? I'm sure. Is that, is that easy for you to uh, to grasp? Because 
Oddly enough, I wrote a song oh, about um, about shooting dogs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, here we go. Shooting dogs. They're out on the street. Shooting dogs. They use up four feet. Shooting dogs. They'll shoot you on up. Shooting dogs. Shooting dogs. Shooting dogs. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. He ran out of gravity. Like you always said, gravity. Yeah, I did. Uh, short I did. I was going to do shooting dogs. It's hard to reload. Shooting dogs. <laughs> Had something to rhyme yes. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in Australia, a man out and about on his daily walk stumbled across a huge snake skin in far north Queensland. Uh, this is not just any snake skin. Uh, skin. Yeah. Yeah. Stuart Morris discovered the remnants of a 22-foot long reptile wow. near a creek in the Cairns suburb. Everything of in Australia will kill you. <laughs> Everything. Morris said, I took a couple of pictures of it and carried on with my walk, and on my way back, it was still there. So I thought, I'll roll it up and take it home. I soaked it in water in the laundry tub because it was all stiff. Then I laid it out flat on the floor in the sun to dry it. Mr. Morris said he initially thought the snake was a native scrub python that had shed its skin, but on closer inspection, he decided the snake actually had been skinned. Snake expert David Walton said the skin appeared to belong to a reticulated python from Southeast Asia. Wow. It would be a mystery, according to the snake expert, how that snake ended up in Australia. Reticulated pythons are an exotic species, and you cannot keep them here unless you are at a zoo. Johnny, that's fantastic. Thank you. You bet. We're going to be back in... Uh we have much more to discuss. In two shakes of a lamb's tail? I think so. Excellent, Suchi boy. It's the Rook here. I want to tell you about uh, big-time sports auctions. If you're trying to raise money your next big event, well, big-time sports auctions is going to help you with a silent auction. Steve over at big-time sports auctions, he's going to set you up an amazing display. One-of-a-kind items. It's not always sports. Everybody thinks it's only sports. It's going to bring in it's money. whatever you group. want. Yeah. He'll and find it. Entertainment. Uh, it can be sports. Whatever the case may be. I've been, I've been to his warehouse. I saw the selection that he works with. It's unbelievable. So if you have maybe your church, school, sports team, special fundraiser coming up, and you're the guy or the gal, whatever the event, big-time sports auctions will set up the items, including all the bid sheets. They'll even collect all the money for you if you want. Big-time sports auctions takes a percentage of the items that you sell, and for your group, you get to keep the rest. I've been to millions of these auctions, and I'm tired of the little quaint little wine baskets. I want to see the portraits and the posters and the autographs that big-time sports auctions can provide for the event. That's why guys like Matt Burke use big-time sports auction suits for all of his events. You should, to be a hero at your next fundraiser, call Steve at Big Time Sports Auction, 612-718-3629. Customize a set, uh, some, a set of items for your event. I'm really excited about it because I want this to work for these guys because they're really good GLers. The best ever thing you can do if you have an auction coming up or an event is to do as little as possible. Call Steve, 612-718-3629, or go to btsauctionsplural.com and tell them that the Rook sent you. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Souchere. Uh, it has developed... That ahead of uh, President Donald Trump's rally in Minneapolis mm-hmm. Thursday night this week, yep. 
And a controversial new uniform policy for the Minneapolis police. Yeah. The Minneapolis Police Union is now selling a T-shirt in support of the president. On Saturday, Lieutenant Bob Kroll, Police Officers Federation of Minneapolis president, posted a photo of the shirt on his Facebook page and asked for others to share. The shirts would say, Cops for Trump are being sold for $20 each. The proceeds uh, go to benefit the police union's charities. Minneapolis Chief Madaria Arredondo announced a new policy hours after the president announced he was holding a rally at Target Center. A new Minneapolis Police Department policy prevents off-duty officers from appearing in uniform during political rallies or while endorsing candidates. All right. Kroll says he has weighed in during the previous policy changes, but not this time. He calls the decision politically motivated. It was kept completely secret from us, Kroll said. We believe it infringes upon the Federation's rights to have influence in the political process and to let them know where our Federation stands and who our Federation endorses. Mayor Jacob Fry says the decision takes politics out of policing. Politics and the work of the Minneapolis Police Department are separate, Fry said. They are individuals within our department. Certainly, they certainly have a First Amendment right to support whichever party or whatever individual they choose, and that's why the union plans uh, to do next Thursday at President Trump's rally. We're going to be there in full force in T-shirts, letting people know that off-duty officers do have support for our president, Kroll said. Uh, President Trump will be speaking at Target Center on Thursday. It starts at 7 p.m. The doors open at 4 p.m. Tickets are free. You do have to register online, and GOP officials recommend getting there early to have a chance of getting in. Uh, I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> I, I think just, what are you seeing outside? I just right say now? leave well enough alone. Okay. Uh, support for the president is controversial. Lack of support for the president is equally controversial. Uh, there's a great divide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know that Kroll and the guys are helping themselves uh, with this uh, maneuver. Kroll, of course, is attempting to uh, be influential with the mayor and the chief. Uh, there's always been a struggle between mayors and police departments. And uh, this is Kroll's attempt to uh, to exercise uh, the strength of the union, you can't tell us what to do. Uh, if you're going to take our police uniforms away from us, watch this. Uh, we're going to wear this T-shirt. Right. I, I, this doesn't have the ring. I don't see a lot of good coming from this. It's it's kind of, you know, I agree with him about uh, when it was taken away, you know, the, mm-hmm. the whole thing about. But to answer in this respect seems, it seems, you know what, it's the great divide, like you said. Yeah. This is our country is right now. Yeah. We have this thing first with the mayor and the chief taking away what they saw as their right, and then they reacted a childish way. It's, it's, it's Congress. Well, <laughs> and, and I would suspect that not all coppers are Trump supporters. I'm sure not. Yeah. So uh, does this now create a division within the department <laughs> of the people who are going to uh, t- take time out of their lives to put on this T-shirt and go to the Trump rally Thursday? And then will that anger other coppers? Uh, I have no idea. But I just think that... Uh, you know, the buck never stops anywhere, does it? Yeah. The buck just never stops anywhere. I, I think, uh, I think Kroll would have might have it might have been wiser counsel for Kroll and the union to uh, just accept the ruling from the mayor's office, which the mayor insists took place long before they knew yeah, Trump was coming here. Not sure I believe that. I know, but, but I mean that's what he insists. Yeah. But for the cops to have let it go, wouldn't they have been the bigger 
bigger man yes. in the room at that point? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So now they're not the biggest man in the room. They're I don't know what they are. They're they're flirting with uh, they're fl- not disaster. Uh, no one's going to take on a cop. And plus, I suppose the people who go into the Target Center are all for Trump. Yeah, they would be sure. It's, it's on. Well, I'm sure a few protesters uh, who are against Trump will be there. But we had protesters today out there already. Oh, really? They're early. You're, you're kidding. Monday morning? No, there was a group held a little semi press conference, shall we call it? I oh. tried to go back and look to see when President Obama was here. Uh, prior speeches where there was a a Minneapolis or St. Paul police present, but they're not. They're not coming. Those videos are not coming up. I, uh, uh, not that the police federation gives one wit about uh, a garage logic uh, ruling, but my, I think my official ruling would be, I think you, uh, I think you messed up. I think you messed up on this one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear the shirts. Mm-hmm. It, they may have good intentions, but it just seems like it's more antagonistic. It's very than antagonistic. And, and you already got enough antagonism between police departments and mayor's offices. Right. It's just part of the way the uh, that game is played, and uh, uh, I expect I don't think it'll result in any kind of a public disaster or anything like that. But uh, it's rubbing salt in various wounds. Mm-hmm. How's that? Yeah, it's Perfect. rubbing salt in various wounds. The Detroit police chief has a problem. Oh, the chief of police in Detroit has taken on Rashida Tlaib. <laughs> Uh, Detroit Police Chief James Craig, who himself is an African-American, fired back at Representative Rashida Tlaib this week after she told the chief that only black analysts should be used to monitor the Detroit Police Department's facial recognition system. Analysts need to be African-Americans, not people who are not, she told Craig on Monday. I think non-African-Americans think African-Americans all look the same. Isn't that that an ironic cliche coming from this buffoon? No kidding. The controversial freshman lawmaker's comments were made during a tour of the Detroit Police Department's real-time crime center, which uses live camera footage and racial recognition. I'm sorry, facial recognition. That'd be different. That'd be different. (laughs) Uh, facial recognition software to identify wanted criminal criminals across Detroit. Speaking with Fox News host Tucker Carlson, Craig called Tlaib's suggestion disturbing. Uh, I think so. It's uh, it's disturbing and delusional. There's nothing to it, uh, Craig said. The, the key point is that we understand that technology is flawed. We have built-in safeguards, and I can't speak for other police departments, but the safeguards are we have trained analysts, professionals, and then it's peer-reviewed by yet a second analyst, and then only after that does the supervisor come in and concur with their findings. What the congresswoman misses, she never talks about the victims and the cases that we've solved. Some pretty big cases involving mass murder suspects, Craig continued. It's almost as if, well, does it really matter? It's a deflection, and it's constant. Craig likened Tlaib's suggestion to saying that a white police officer cannot work in an African-American community. Her statement was based on nothing, Craig said. Good for him. The police chief in Detroit is pushing back against this dreadful buffoon. In 2014, Craig made national headlines by saying more armed citizens would decrease the crime rate. And in 2015, he said that terrorists are unlikely to attack Detroit because so many residents have concealed carry permits. wonder what she's been doing for her state. She strikes me as a profane, unrepentant uh, troublemaker. Somebody uh, who wants to be in the news, she reminds mm-hmm. me of. What do you mm-hmm. say? Officious. 
instead of uh, well, she's, purposeful. She's there to be important. She's not there to be useful. Exactly. That's what yep. it is. Exactly. She's there to be important, not to be useful. A lot of those uh, new Congress uh, people are like that. <laughs> yes, they are. And, you know, they're going to discover... They've entered a rail of American life that uh, particularly insulates them mm-hmm. from the trials and tribulations that most people have to face. Yep. It's just amazing. And here's a police chief who himself is a black guy saying, lady, you're, you're, shut up. You don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank God he pushed back. He pushed back. Say, uh, put this on your calendar. What? R.F. Muller's 10th annual watch event is coming up October 24th through November 2nd. Put it on your calendar. This is one hell of an event. It travels between the three stores, starting in Highland Park in St. Paul, October 24th through the 26th. That's at Ford and Cleveland in St. Paul. Then downtown Minneapolis, October 29th and 30, and ends at the Edina store, 50th in France, Halloween through November 2nd. These are a remarkable selection of watches. This event features the widest in-store selection of the year of the most prestigious brands. And during the event, they'll be paying the sales tax on almost every watch brand they carry. Plus, you'll get a free watch winder with the purchase of any new automatic watch. That's a $175 value. It's, a shame. it's also a great opportunity to trade in your watch toward a new watch. RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or online at rfmoeller.com. Put it on your calendar. The watch event, October 24 through November 2nd. Mate, mate. Here's Joe Suchere. We were talking about Rashida Tlaib off air, and Johnny found out she ran on a post. She represents at least half of the Detroit yeah. Metroplex. But I, it reminds me there was a hilarious piece uh, in the same poll. I don't know why I'm finding it hilarious. A look at the criminal histories of candidates for St. Paul City Council. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just amazing. I'll catch your eye. Uh, Ward 1. In Feb of 2018, Councilmember Di Tao was charged with three misdemeanor counts of violating election law for entering a voting booth with an elderly Hmong woman. Uh, A judge found that while he uh, likely violated state law, the Federal Voting Rights Act preempts it and allows voters to pick almost anyone of their choosing to help them vote. in 2017, Tao was investigated by the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension following a television news report that he solicited a campaign bribe from a food packaging company. The Scott County Attorney's Office examined that but declined to press charges. Uh, in June of 2012, at the age of 20, Anika Bowie, I guess she's running in Ward, what did I say that was, 2? I'm sorry, Ward 1. Uh, in June of 2012, at the age of 20, Anika Bowie was convicted of possession of burglary tools, a gross misdemeanor, as well as petty misdemeanor <laughs> theft after Roseville police discovered her snipping security tags from products at a Marshall's department oh store. Oh, my God. She served 30 days in jail, and a Ramsey County District Court judge placed her on probation. Uh, in September of 2011, Bowie was arrested by St. Paul police for allegedly trashing her ex-boyfriend's apartment and writing angry messages on his walls in black marker. Wow. A charge of misdemeanor criminal damage to property was dismissed in November of 2012. And you got a ward two. Uh, you got somebody named Helen Myers is running. Uh, she's 74, and she looks back on her three arrests with pride uh, because she uh, was a, she was arrested at San Francisco State. Uh, she fights for women in black and Chicano studies. Uh, she's been in jail. 
during the Vietnam era, she and other anti-war protesters stormed a military base and came face-to-face with military police who held them overnight. She's a, uh, Ellen is a longtime union organizer running for city council under the banner of the Socialist Workers Party. Ah. Uh, most recently, I worked the GM picket line in Hudson, Wisconsin, because that's an ongoing fight, Myers said. Uh, then in an effort to avoid paying property taxes, Sharon Anderson, the always available Sharon Anderson, oh, yeah, I once declared her Summit Avenue home to be a religious institution, wow. the Church of Justice reform, ah. and herself its reverend. Uh, her newfound religion was not smiled upon by the courts, and she and her husband were evicted from the property in 1988. She runs for elected office annually uh, while listing the address in candidate filings as if she still lived there. Uh, yeah, you go to Ward 3, you got Chris Tolbert as an undergraduate at St. John's, uh, was convicted in Stearns County of unlawful possession or use of a driver's license, a petty misdemeanor. The charge of underage consumption of alcohol was dismissed. He went on to become an attorney and was first elected to council in 2011. It's uh, been a little of disappointment. Ward 4 in 05, back when he was known as Tara Robertson, now, Terrence Robertson Bayless was charged with aiding and abetting felony theft in Stearns County. He served 30 days uh, and turned himself around, and uh, he's pled guilty to driving while intoxicated. Uh, he said, that was a period of my life where I was struggling with addiction, he said. Uh, that same year, he enlisted in the military where he developed a substance abuse program for the Minnesota National Guard. He's a Bronze Star combat veteran and major in the Minnesota Army National Guard. Uh, he served multiple tours in Afghanistan. Uh, Robertson Dash Bayless underwent gender reassignment surgery in 2016. Oh. He is currently employed as a project director for diversity, equity, inclusion in the Minnesota State Colleges and University System. Okay. Is it Ward, imperfect science? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Ward 5, um, uh, after his arrest and suspicion of driving while intoxicated in 1997, Bob Blake pleaded guilty to a lesser charge in Hennepin County District Court. He, he uh, com- uh, completed his community service uh, in 2000. He was charged in Dakota County with misdemeanor DWI, but the charge was dismissed. He was convicted of careless driving and placed on probation. Ward 6, Alexander Bourne is running uh, various accusations of theft and violence. In 2016, he was charged in Ramsey County District Court with taking another person's dog and the case was dismissed in 2017. He was charged in Ramsey County uh, with second degree assault with a dangerous weapon in order to stay away from the alleged victims after allegedly entering his ex-girlfriend's apartment and threatening to stab her and her brother with a knife. That case was dismissed. Wow. An ex-girlfriend obtained an order for protection against Bourne this year, claiming that on April 23rd he arrived at her home, ripped her dress, put socks on his hands, and punched her ears. In a May 7 incident, she told the court, he came over to my apartment drunk, refused to leave. He started pushing me, calling me names, threatened me, and called the police. She said Bourne returned May 22, pushed her and uh, spit in her face three times until Egan police... uh, Wow. Out of there. Very classy. Uh, Very classy. Uh, then he's, he's, he's got an endless uh, record here of disputes with the girlfriends. Uh, <laughs> Don't we all, huh? In fact, Maybe this year, In February of this year, Bourne accused a fellow city council candidate of assaulting him and demanded the St. Paul police arrest her when they refused. He allegedly told them, guess what? If I have anything to do with the city council, you're not going to get more officers. Oh, that's oh. great. <laughs> He's the guy who was jailed in New Orleans in 2015. Remember, he's the guy who had a shoe repair business in New Orleans? Oh, and yeah. And he failed to return people's shoes. 
Yes, I remember that. He fought four counts of felony theft, and then he moved up here, and he thinks he's going to be a uh, uh, councilman. You've got somebody named Danielle Swift. Uh, she pleaded guilty in Ramsey County District Court to driving after suspension of her driver's license. A charge of driving without carrying insurance was dismissed. Over the course of proceedings, a warrant was issued that July when she failed to show for a court hearing. Oh, God. <laughs> Ward 7, I'm done now. I'm almost done. In January 2017, this is Ward 7, uh, Kartumu King pleaded guilty in Ramsey County District Court to operating a motor vehicle under the influence. She was given credit for five days served in jail. Uh, in April 2013, King was convicted in Ramsey County Court of malicious punishment of a child. A misdemeanor after school officials discovered that a child in her care was having trouble walking doing, due to a severe belting. Oh. Are you kidding me? And these morons are running for office. In 2013, King was convicted in Scott County of refusing to submit to an alcohol test. Uh, charges of DWI and criminal damage to property were dismissed. Boy, everybody just gets it dismissed, huh? Right. She has been involved in 19 civil suits, including lawsuits against an auto parts store, a Roseville-based staffing agency, and individuals she accused of owing back child support. She once fought an eviction from a St. Paul public housing, settled, and was placed on probation for a year. Uh, said King, when asked about the cases, I'm a born warrior, sir. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Jane Prince is running uh, Marianne Quiroz, uh, David Tom, and Kartumu King are running for the Ward 7 seat. What a collection, huh? Yeah. What I'm a collection. I'm a born warrior. I'm a born warrior, sir, talking to Fred Mello of the St. Paul paper. Hey, what a collection. What, a, oh, what a collection of stalwarts. The capital city, onward and upward. Choose your candidate, please. Tried another guy last night, another 40-year-old in St. Yep. Paul. Lives in Mac Groveland. Sensible guy. I said, will you consider running? He said, hell no. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But someday it's going to have to happen or the city's going to disappear. Because remember my, my my premonition, or maybe it's not a premonition, my admonition. Admonition. With each succeeding mayor, the previous oh. one yeah. will look worthy. And that includes yeah. Melvin Cody. Uh, yeah. How? How are we going to say? Right now, Chris... Coleman looks like Winston Churchill. Yeah. Take him in a second. Take him back in a second. Yeah. Minneapolis, bring back bicycle Betty. When you're Betsy doing you. when you're doing the podcast in twenty years, you'll be saying that about Melvin Carter. The governor. Twenty years, huh? Governor <laughs> Melvin <laughs> Carter. Yeah. Governor Melvin Carter. Whoever succeeds Melvin. Well look at the field that's running for city council. Yeah, how do you pick? Well what what's the field gonna be for the next mayoral election? <laughs> Same. It'll be it'll be all those people that want to run for mayor then. Man, alive. Uh, well, you know how I uh, don't want any whale to die on my watch due yes. to plastic? I'm going to tell you something about that when we come back. When we come back? That's, that's right. Oh, good. Yes. And I'm going to tell you right now about Jack's Cafe. Jack's Cafe, located in northeast Minneapolis, 1928 University Avenue Northeast, right at 19th Avenue. They have got the perfect menu for your guy or gal. It's the Rookie Date Night VIP menu. Again, you do have to ask for it, and they will bring it to you at no charge. It is a wonderful meal. It is a pretty sweet deal for two people. Four-course meal, bottle of wine for only $99. Now, the menu that they do bring out to you. They bring the menu to you? They bring the menu to you so you can select. Will they bring you the food? 
I'm pre- I haven't done it yet, but I'm pretty sure that you don't have to go back to the kitchen and grab it. All right. That third course, though, you can choose prime ribs, salmon, butternut squash, ravioli, grilled pork chop, tornadoes of beef tenderloin, including the Bernays, which is off the charts. So do yourself a favor. If you have a special event planned, ask for the rookie date night menu. Uh, you're running out of time for that backyard patio that they have. It is a fabulous place. It'll be decorated for fall, but it's going to start to get chilly, so you might just want to eat inside. Jack's Cafe. Give them a buzz. Make some reservations for that rookie date night menu at 612-789-7297 or go online to jackscafe.com, J-A-X-Cafe.com. And, again, we're getting reports that rookie date night menu is off the charts and it's less than 100 bucks, including a bottle of wine. Billy and the staff over at Jack's Cafe does a great job, so book your Christmas or office party there. Jack's with an X, cafe.com. The earth is not your mother. The Joe Souchere Show. Here I am dutifully hauling plastic bags to the grocery store because there's a bin where I can put them, and I have been assured that they are put to a recycled use, and I continue to do that. Uh, The chief off-site correspondent, Kelsey, alerts me to this story. Researchers from Canada and South Africa studied waste washed up on the beaches of Inaccessible Island, an island in the heart of the southern Atlantic Ocean, on a series of trips that began in 1984. Nearly 75% of the trash they sifted through originated in Asia, produced by China. The research challenges long assumptions that plastic debris at sea uh, primarily originates on land. The Canada Post reports that 73% of the garbage in the Atlantic Ocean originates from Chinese merchant vessels. Wow. So I've always said, you climate activists we're going above and beyond our call of duty in the United States. Mm-hmm. We're way ahead of the curve. Right. GLers are last droppers. They're not going to be wasteful. They're not going to throw stuff in the ocean. But you never see, I mean, you never see them go to China and complain. Yeah. That's, that's where Go to India. Go to Southeast Asia. Evidence is that that's where you want to start. I liked a vacation on uh, Inaccessible Island, but it's just too hard to, uh, to get it's there. very inaccessible. <laughs> right. When we were on that island last year, it was really shocking. <laughs> Really shocking how much drink bottles had just come to dominate. Lead author Peter Ryan told the BBC, what was really shocking was how the origin had shifted from largely South American, which is what you would expect from somewhere like Inaccessible Island, because it's downwind from South America, to predominantly Asian. In addition, 90% of the debris recovered was time-stamped within the last year, and it would take an average of three to five years for that same garbage to make it. From Land to Sea, the study was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences on Monday, and it explains in a summary, many oceanic islands suffer high levels of stranded debris, particularly those near uh, subtropical gyres where floating debris accumulates. During the past three decades, plastic drink bottles have shown the fastest growth rate of all debris lying on remote, inaccessible island, and uh, we are finding it's coming from Chinese uh, merchant ships dumping their uh, stuff just right into just the ocean. throw it in there. Yeah. Just, yeah. So I think if uh, you kids want to continue to skip school and, and carry on uh, before you go back home and watch TV and have air conditioning and electricity, uh, maybe you ought to take these other countries into your uh, 
scope of observation. Wouldn't it be in their best interest, though, to in China to find a reason or a program to to recycle that and make money off of it? Because there's so much. You'd think they would be smart enough to do that. Well, it, it's not a free market system in China. It's a uh, communist nation, and there's really not a lot of motivation for, I suppose, the stuff. You know what uh, returns today, don't you? What? Monday Night Sports Talk. Right. Oh, that's right. right. In podcast form. Yep. Yep. And it'll be posted every Monday. Mm-hmm. Probably at drop the, at 6, I think. I think it'll be posted every Monday at 6 p.m. And the first edition will be coming up today. I hear, uh, I, I hear Pat in the uh, outer room making noise and ignoring, is the, that fact what that that, is? ignoring the fact that I'm we're on the air. Wondering what I that can was. hear him bellowing and, and carrying on, uh, even though our big red recording light is on out there. Listen. There. Sure, he's just carrying on. Say, put this on your calendar. Yes. October 24th through November 2nd, the RF Moeller 10th Annual Watch Event rotating between the three stores. Put it on your calendar. October 24th through November 2nd. And uh, we'll all uh, we'll all disembark now and, and get ready to do Monday Night Sports Talk. Brought back now after, yeah, I'll tell you the number of years. Yeah. Uh, uh, were you going to say something while he figures, Jim? Yeah, yeah, let me. I, there's a couple of celebrity deaths I just wanted to note. Ginger uh, Baker. Ginger Baker, yeah. the great drummer from Cream, uh, died at the age of 80. And comedian, uh, I always found very funny, some people didn't like him, Rip Taylor. Remember Rip? I do. Oh, funny, funny. He throw confetti around. He throw confetti and go, he passed away at the age of 84. So they both did had good lungs. The, the funny mustache? He or did. The, okay. And the bad some, wig. Yes. The blonde yes, wig. The, and the bad rug. So Rip Taylor and Ginger Baker, we lost over the What'd weekend. you find, mathematician? It's been 26 years since Monday Night Sports Talk was on the air. Wow. That'll 26 be a years. Comeback. We invented the damn thing. Yeah, so we're bringing it back. That's yep. what I like to hear. There are other shows around the country called Monday Night Sports Talk. How ah, dare they? Right. How That's dare not, they? They're not, not the original. We're the original. We're the original. We're the original because of the music. That's right. The theme. <laughs> All right. See you tomorrow. Thank you. Podcast, everything you want to know, go to garagelogic.com.